let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Rebecca Thompson fell twice from the Fremont Canyon Bridge. Rebecca was just 17 years old when she fell the first time. She'd been with her junior sister Amy in their village when suddenly two armed robbers kidnapped the girls. They threw them in the back of their vehicle and drove 60 kilometers to the Fremont Canyon Bridge high above the river. And there they beat and raped Rebecca. The men then took the two girls to the side of the bridge and threw them over the edge. Rebecca and Amy fell 35 meters to the river below. Amy hit her head and was killed. But somehow Rebecca survived the fall. She broke her hip, but she was able to struggle and get herself out to the shore. She hid in the bush and waited for the dawn to come. But the dawn never came for Rebecca. Oh yes, the sun came up and a new day shone. Searchers from the village found her that day and the doctor treated her. The police arrested the two men who had attacked her and life seemed to go on. But for Rebecca, life was never the same. She sunk into a darkness and despair from which she could not escape. It was as if a giant curse had been placed on her life, trapping her, binding her, crushing her. Her body came out of the pit, but her soul never came out of the pit. Her attackers were sent to prison, but Rebecca was imprisoned with fear, guilt, and shame. And so 19 years after the attack, Rebecca Thompson drove herself to the Fremont Canyon Bridge. She got out of her car and stood on the side of the bridge with the darkness closing in upon her, facing despair so great she didn't know what to do. Rebecca climbed up on the side and threw herself off the bridge into the river. And this time, Rebecca died. Rebecca Thompson fell twice from the Fremont Canyon Bridge. The first time, someone else threw her off, but the second time, she threw herself off. The forces that drove her to destruction came not just from without, but from within. What drove Rebecca Thompson to take her own life? What caused her to go back to the place where she'd been attacked and throw herself into the pit a second time? Maybe it was guilt. Her friends said that she blamed herself for her sister Amy's death, and she said over and over, I wish it had been me that died instead of her. Maybe it was fear. The very day she killed herself, the judge was about to release the two men who had attacked her from prison. Perhaps the fear of being attacked a second time drove her to suicide. Or maybe it was shame. Everyone in the village knew what had happened. Everyone knew she was raped. Everyone talked about her everywhere she went. We don't know what drove Rebecca Thompson to jump from the Fremont Canyon Bridge. But we do know this. The burden of guilt, the terror of fear, and the power of shame can drive you to despair. You see, the things that trap us, the things that hold us, are not just those things outside of us that we cannot control. The things that bind us are within our own hearts. 
That's why I believe there are people like Rebecca Thompson in every town, in every nation. There may even be people like Rebecca Thompson here today. On the outside, things look normal, but inwardly the burden of guilt and fear and shame has trapped you. It's blocking you and holding you in bondage. But I've come to tell you the good news today. I've come to give you the glorious news of the resurrection of Christ. For there is someone who can deliver you from the darkness. There is a way out of the pit. There is a way out of the prison. There is a redemption from the curse and freedom from bondage. No matter what curse has bound you. No matter what forces are attacking your life. There is hope for you today. For Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to give you new life and to give you the way out. If you believe it, say amen. That's what we're going to discover today in our message titled, The Way Out. We're going to find out how the way maker has made a way out for each and every one of us. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you on this wonderful Easter weekend that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can celebrate new life and new hope and new freedom because of what Jesus has done for us. And we praise you, almighty God, for sending your son, Jesus. Now send the light of your spirit and the truth of your word into our hearts. Help us to apply the power of the resurrection to our lives today that we might find the way out. We submit to you now. I bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit the power to speak to our hearts and minds and give us the freedom to follow the way out. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name and everybody said amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and happy Easter. Today is a great day. It's a day that is happy indeed, for it is the day we celebrate the greatest event in human history, the day when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. On Friday, Jesus died for our sins. The Bible tells us that on the cross, Jesus defeated sin and Satan. But even though that was a glorious victory, there was still one final enemy that needed to be defeated and that enemy was death. There was still one final victory for Christ to win. He'd won over sin. He'd won over Satan. But the final enemy he needed to defeat was death itself. So it was on the third day Jesus rose from the dead by the power of God. The stone was rolled away. The grave claws were cast aside and the Lord Jesus rose with a new and resurrected body the triumphant power of God conquered death. Jesus defeated the final adversary and brought eternal life to each and every one of us. He rose from the dead. The grave couldn't keep him. Death couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't defeat him. The Pharisees couldn't silence him. Sin couldn't conquer him. He is the living God, the everlasting Savior, and the risen King. Someone shout hallelujah. So just lift up your hand and say after me, Jesus Christ 
is risen from the dead. He is risen indeed. And the good news is because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, we can also rise again. Because he lives, we live. His victory is our victory as well. Because he defeated death, we are also free from the power of death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And because he lives, all who receive him by faith will live for eternity with him. That's why Easter is much more than a historical event. That's why we are celebrating not just because what happened 2,000 years ago, but because of what it means for us today and forever. The event of the resurrection is more than historical fact. It's the way out for all who believe in Jesus. And that's why I believe this is the hour of his visitation. I have a stirring in my heart that God is on the move in our midst. He's here in supernatural power to set the captives free and to bind up the brokenhearted. You may never have experienced the power of his presence in your life before, but I declare to you today that Jesus is going to be made real to you as you open up your heart to him. You may have prayed. You may have fasted. You may have waited for an answer and nothing seemed to work. But this is your hour. Your time has come. Jesus is opening the window of heaven and manifesting his resurrection power in your life. If you believe it, say amen. But if you're going to experience that resurrection power, there's something you must know and something you must do. If you want to know how the waymaker can set you free, you've got to know what is required to find your way out. So in order to help us discover these vital truths, we prepared sermon notes. You can find your notes for free of charge on our website and our social media platform. Go ahead and download the note, take them out now, and follow along with me as we discover three requirements to find your way out. And here's where we begin with the Easter story today found in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. As you listen to the Spirit of God speak to you through the Word, He's going to bring revelation and light to you today. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Picture the scene with me, if you will. It is very early in the morning. The three faithful followers of Christ are up and on their way to the tomb. These women were the last at the cross and the first at the tomb. But along the way, the thought comes to them who will roll away 
the stone that covers the tomb. For you see, the Roman soldiers had rolled a stone over the entrance of the tomb so that no one could go in and no one could go out. The Romans didn't want Jesus to get out. They didn't want anyone to go in and steal the body. So they took their biggest boulder and they rolled it across the tomb and they set the Roman seal upon it and they took their best soldiers with their best spears and made them guard the tomb. There was no way in. There was no way out. And the woman suddenly realized they could not get to Jesus. Who will roll away the stone for us, they cried. And their cry is our cry. For you see, we all have stones that block us from Christ. The stone that covered the tomb where Christ was buried is symbolic. It represents everything that keeps us trapped and bound and limited in defeat and death. And sin. The stone in your life represents the devil's best effort to keep you away from Jesus. And that brings us to our first truth from the Easter story. The way out requires a way maker. Who will roll away the stone for us? The women cried in Mark 16.3. It was a stone so big, so heavy, they had no strength to remove it. It was beyond their ability. And if we're honest today, we would have to admit that each and every one of us has a stone too big in our lives for us to move. We have no strength, no physical power to remove it. All the powers and problems arrayed against us that block us from life and liberty are there and we may not like to admit it but we are not capable of moving them we may not tell anyone we may not admit it to ourselves but the first step to experiencing the power of the way maker in your life is to acknowledge I have a stone bigger than me for you have to understand today that you can't find the way out unless you find the way maker See, friends, the fact is, you can't accept the good news until you've acknowledged the bad news. Easter isn't good news if you don't recognize that there's a stone blocking you that you cannot move. The fact that Jesus is the way maker is not meaningful at all until you understand that the way maker is your only way out. If I tell you today that scientists have discovered a cure for cancer, but you do not have cancer and no one you know has cancer, you might shrug your shoulders and say, well, that's nice, but it doesn't mean anything to me. But if you fall sick and you go to the doctor and they run a series of tests and the doctor calls you back and he's got a grave look on his face and he says, I'm sorry to tell you, but we've detected that you've got cancer. And when you hear that bad news. Your heart sinks and your hands shake, but then you remember there's a cure for cancer, and suddenly the good news that there is a cure for cancer revives you and revitalizes you and gives you hope and courage. It becomes good news because you heard the bad news. If you're driving in a remote area and you have a full tank of petrol, you won't be looking for a filling station. If you see a filling station, you won't mind. You'll just keep driving. You won't even slow down. But if your tank is almost empty and you're in a remote area, area late at night and your petrol is about to finish and you're going to be stranded in a dangerous place late at night and suddenly you see a petrol station, you'll shout for joy, hey, 
And that's how it is for all of us. If you don't know the bad news, Easter won't seem like good news. But when you know that you're lost, when you know you've got a stone blocking your path that you cannot move, when you know that you have an enemy who is stronger than you, then Easter becomes the best news you've ever heard. And that's why I'm here to tell you the bad news first. Your way is blocked and every effort you make to move the stone falls short. See, the fact is your way is blocked by sin. For Romans 6.16 says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. And not only is your way blocked by sin, but your way is blocked by the power of the devil. For 2 Timothy 2.26 says, when we're in sin, we are in the trap of the devil who had caught them and made them obey his will. But the worst of all is not that you're blocked by sin and by the devil. The worst of all is that your way is blocked by the power of death. For Ecclesiastes 8.8 says, none of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There is no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. Because see, even if you have victory in every area of your life, even if you overcome sin and you overcome the devil, no man has the power over death. 100% of the people who come to the world die. In spite of all our medical advancement, in spite of all our technology, in spite of all our increased efforts at health, death affects every human being. There's not been any reduction in the death rate since Adam and Eve. There's no way out. Death is responsible for every fatality. And even if we want to get to Jesus, we're unable on our own. Just like this woman, even though they wanted to worship, they wanted to anoint him, they wanted to find him, they couldn't. It's not that we don't want to find the way out. It's not that we're not trying. The women on the tomb wanted to get to Jesus and anointed. They wanted to worship. They wanted to do the right thing. But the stone stood in the way because without a resurrected Jesus, there is no way out. We need a waymaker. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of the San Jose mine disaster in the nation of Chile. It was an ordinary Thursday afternoon on August 5th, 2010, when suddenly disaster struck. Without warning, the mine shaft at the San Jose mine collapsed, trapping 33 men 700 meters underground. Miraculously, all of the men survived the initial collapse. But in spite of their initial survival, their situation was hopeless. They were buried 700 meters underground with no way of escape. There was only a little food to last a few days. There was no way they could ever dig their way out. No way they could escape on their own power. And yet the trapped miners were not even sure that the people above ground knew they were alive. They assumed the people above ground would think they had all perished and would leave them rotting in the ground. The trapped miners were living dead men. 
But what they didn't know was that on the surface, the nation of Chile was working to save them. Chile had just passed through a terrible earthquake, and the people of the nation were determined to avoid another major loss of life. The government brought in earth-moving equipment. The churches joined together to pray, and the nation united to rescue the 33 trapped miners. 17 days after the collapse, the miners buried underground made their first contact with the nation. A drill bored a hole penetrating through the earth and into the cave where the men were trapped. And the miners wrote a note saying, we're here, we're alive, we're alive. And the nation of Chile erupted in joy when the drill brought back the note from the trapped miners. With new zeal, the engineers went to work devising plans to rescue the men. New equipment was brought in. More prayer meetings were held. And underground, the men encouraged one another. And finally, on October 13th, the 33 miners were rescued. More than one billion people around the world watched live on television as the seemingly impossible mission was accomplished. There was no way out for the 33 miners. But when the nation came together to save them, a way out was made possible. And that's the message of Easter for all of us. Just like those trapped miners, we were buried so deep we could never escape. But we were not forgotten when all seemed lost, when the devil seemed to have his way, when the world was bound in darkness. A plan was made in heaven. The power of the Almighty brought forth Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus came to earth to rescue us. He died and rose again to make a way out. Somebody shout the way out. That's why Romans 5, 6 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Even though the tomb was dark and deep, even though the stone was huge and heavy, Jesus, the way maker, came through for us. He conquered death and made a way out for all mankind. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Don't look at the size of the obstacle in front of you. Look at the size of the Jesus within you. For when you are in a crisis, God is not. When you are under another wave of depression, God is not. When you are lost in a valley and have no idea what to do, God has not vanished. He's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. He's still the savior. He's still working out a plan for your life. He makes a way where there is no way. He makes a highway in your hard way. He's the answer to every question. He's the stone roller, the mountain mover, the grave robber and the door opener. And if sin has kept you bound, Jesus sets you free. If religion holds you captive, the waymaker breaks you out. If bitterness and resentment are entombed in you, the waymaker rolls away the stone. If doubt has blocked your progress, the waymaker bulldozes your path. That's why God says in Colossians 2, 13 to 15, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were not 
free from the power of your sinful self. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, but God gave you new life together with Christ. He forgave all your sins because we broke God's law. We owed a debt, a debt that listed all the rules we failed to follow. But God, somebody say, but God. But God forgave us of that debt. He took it away and nailed it to the cross. He defeated the rulers and the powers of the spiritual world. With the cross, he won the victory over them and led them away as defeated and powerless prisoners for the whole world to see. And I'm here to declare to you today, Jesus has overcome death and given us new life. Jesus has overcome sin and shame and given us forgiveness. He has overcome the devil and given us victory. Hallelujah. But in order to experience all of this, you need a personal encounter with the Waymaker. And that's our second requirement to find the way out. Uh, the way out requires a personal encounter with the waymaker. Listen again to Mark 16:4. The Bible tells us that when the women got to the tomb, the stone had already been rolled aside. And then the angel appeared and said to the woman, He is risen, he is not here. See, somebody say, see. See the place where they laid him. And in that simple statement, is a truth we all need to hold on to at Easter. For you see, the resurrection is not just about Jesus making a way out for us. It's also about us experiencing that way out for ourselves. That's the reason the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away so that you might see the victory of Jesus. I mean, after all, why, why would God roll the stone away? Jesus did not roll away the stone to enable him to come out. After all, Jesus had just risen from the dead. He had just conquered death, sin, Satan, and sickness. The stone was no match for the resurrected Christ. Later, that same day, Jesus would walk through the wall into the upper room where the disciples were gathered. He did not need the stone to be moved so that he could come out. We needed the stone to be moved so that we could see in and see his victory. That's why in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, verse 8, the Bible says, Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. And God wants you to see today. God wants you to know today. God wants you to personally experience his victory today and understand he is alive. God wants you to know and believe he's real. God wants you to know and believe that there is no stone so big he can't move it out of your way. God wants you to know and believe there is no problem so mighty he cannot overcome it. There is no sin he cannot forgive. There is no fear he cannot conquer. There is no shame he cannot remove move. He is the way maker and he's made a way out for every one of us. Someone shout hallelujah. But if you order to encounter Jesus yourself, you have to receive the way out. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of Shin Dong Hyuk. Shin is a Korean man who was born and raised in Camp 14, the notorious prisoner camp inside North Korea. 
The North Korean government had accused Shin's parents of great crimes, and so they locked them and all their children inside Camp from the day Shin was born, he was in bondage. From the day he was born, he never knew freedom. He never knew love or happiness. His childhood was a time of brutality, of bondage, of beatings, of torture and deprivation. It seemed there would never be a way out for Shin. Camp 14 was heavily guarded by armed Korean soldiers and surrounded by a high wall with electric razor coil. Any attempt to escape was a death sentence as the prisoners would be shot on sight. But one day when Shin was 25 years old, he met another prisoner named Park. Park was a political prisoner who had just recently been sentenced to the same camp where Shin had been raised. They soon became friends and began to plan their escape from Camp 14. On 2nd January 2005, the pair was assigned to collect firewood near the camp's electric fence on the top of a mountain range. The two waited until the guards were out of sight. Then they made their attempt to escape. Park attempted to go first, but sadly, he was fatally electrocuted climbing over the electric coil razor fence. Shin stood inside the prison camp, staring at the dead body of his friend Park. It seemed all hope was gone. There was no escape. But then the thought came to him, if I can use Park's body as a bridge. If I could climb on top of his body and use it as a bridge, I can cross safely and escape from the prison. So that's what Shin did. As Park's dead body lay across the razor coil, Shin carefully climbed over his dead body, avoiding the electric razor coil, and was free. Shin Donghyuk is the only person alive to ever have successfully escaped Camp 14 in North Korea. He found his way out by passing over the dead body of his friend. And that's our way out too. Jesus laid down his life for us. And when we cross over his dead body, we can experience the way out. You can't get out without going through Jesus. You can't experience freedom from a distance. You can't be free by simply knowing about Jesus' death and resurrection. You have to encounter him, experience him for yourself. That's why Romans 8.11 tells us, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. So you see, when his spirit lives in you, you will experience resurrection power. When you encounter Jesus and he lives in you by his spirit, you will find life. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image.
So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Don't look for a solution. Look for Jesus. He is the solution. He is the way maker. The angel said to the woman, he is not here. And in that fact, there is good news for all of us. Because if Jesus is not in the tomb, then when you're with Jesus, you're not in the tomb either. He's not in the place of death. So when you're with Jesus, you will never be in the place of death. Jesus is never in the place of defeat. So when you're with him, you are never defeated. He's never in the place of sorrow. He's never in the place of bondage. So as long as I'm with Jesus, I will not dwell in defeat. I will not dwell in sorrow. I will not dwell in bondage. And if you want to find the way out, all you have to do is find Jesus. In his presence, there is freedom because wherever Jesus is, there is liberty. Wherever Jesus is, there is peace. Wherever Jesus is, there is joy. Wherever Jesus is, there is life. Wherever Jesus is, there is power. Somebody shout, Jesus! And if you're in the tomb today, get into the presence of Jesus and you will be free. If you're in the place of shame, the answer is Jesus. If you're in the place of guilt or grief or depression or bondage, find Jesus. He is the way maker who makes a way out. And wherever he is, there's no guilt, no grief, no depression, no bondage. So don't seek the living among the dead. Don't seek life among the broken broken promises of your past. Don't seek your destiny among the ruins of your disappointments. Your future isn't there. Your future is with Jesus. If somebody let you down, find Jesus. If somebody broke your heart, find Jesus. If somebody lied about you and slandered you and threw stones at you and cursed you and blamed you and belittled you, no matter what has happened to you, Find Jesus, and you find the way out. For the truth is, the resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. That's why John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. The way maker is your way out. For in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the way out for whatever you're facing, the way out for whatever bondage holding you, the way out from every tomb, from every disappointment, from every defeat is a person, not a path. The way out is not the road, it's the redeemer. The way out is not the open door, it's an open heaven. The way out is Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. Experience the resurrected Jesus and let him make a way out for you. And that brings us to our third requirement today. The way out requires your response. Listen to what the angels uh, told the woman next. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. See, the truth is this. In order to get out, out, 
you have to get up from the tomb and follow Jesus. You have to leave the place of death and go and follow Jesus. The way out is not a one-time encounter. It's a way of life. For the truth is, uh, the measure of your knowledge of Christ is equal to the measure that you will experience the power of resurrection. The more you know the way maker, the more liberty you will experience. The more you know the way maker, the more you will experience freedom. For the Apostle Paul understood this truth. That's why he wrote in Philippians 3, 8 to 10, I think that all things are worth nothing compared with the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. All I want now is Christ. I want to belong to him. All I want is to know Christ and the power that raised him from the dead. When you follow Jesus, then the tomb becomes the place where new life is born. And Easter is a launching pad to a new life. Easter is a launching pad into a life lived in resurrection power. When the angel told the women to go and tell, there was more to his words uh, than we realize. He was launching the woman to go forth in power. He was launching the women to go forth with the word. Go forth. Go with the gospel. Go with the power of God. Go and achieve your destiny. Go and show the world what God has done. Go and show them the way maker. That's the lesson we can learn from one of the world's greatest runners, an American man named Glenn Cunningham. Glenn Cunningham was just eight years old when he was trapped inside a school building when a fire broke out. Glenn was burned so badly the doctors thought he would not live. And even if he did live, they said he would never walk again. The fire had devastated the lower half of his body. He'd lost all the flesh on his knees and shins and all the toes on his left foot. But Glenn Cunningham made up his mind that he would live. He clung to the promise of Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And miraculously, Glenn began to recover. But Glenn believed that God had not saved him just for him to be a cripple. So even though the doctor said he would never walk again, he made up his mind that he would walk. When he wasn't in bed, he was confined to a wheelchair. But one sunny day, his mother pushed the wheelchair out into the compound to get some fresh air. She went back inside to cook, leaving Glenn sitting in the wheelchair. And left alone, Glenn decided to act. Instead of just sitting there, he threw himself from the chair. Then he pulled himself across the yard, grabbing onto the grass and the soil, dragging his legs behind him. He worked his way to the fence bordering their compound. And with great effort, he pulled his body up the fence. Inch by inch, he began dragging himself along the fence, pulling his legs, resolved that he would walk. He started to do this every day until he'd worn a smooth path around the wall inside the compound. Two years after the fire, Glenn Cunningham's efforts paid off, and he walked by himself. 
But Glenn believed that God hadn't saved his life for him just to walk and not run. So Glenn decided to run. He began to to run to school. He ran everywhere that he could. Later in college, Glenn made the track team where his tremendous determination paid off. He became one of the most celebrated runners of his day, competing in both the 1932 Summer Olympics and the 1936 Summer Olympics. In fact, in 1936, Glenn Cunningham set the world record in the 800-meter run. In 1938, he set a world record in the indoor mile with a time of four minutes, four seconds. But Glenn believed that God hadn't saved his life just for him to run races. So after retiring from running, Glenn Cunningham started a home for troubled youth. His youth ranch helped over 9,000 troubled and disadvantaged teenagers find a new start in life. The boy they thought would die ended up saving thousands of other lives. And Glenn Cunningham discovered what we all need to discover today. When God resurrects your life, he does it for a purpose. It may take time and effort, but as you follow Jesus out of your past, one step at a time, you live life fully. You discover the joy of a life that is motivated and driven by the power of his resurrection. For God did not save you just so that you could make it to heaven. God did not save you and give you new life so you could sit by an empty tomb wrapped in grave clothes. His resurrection power is in you to bring you life and to give life to others. His resurrection power is in you to live you and to lift you and to give you grace by faith. His resurrection power is in you to strengthen you and so that you can end up doing the things he's called you to do so that you can run your race and win the prize and receive his reward. That's why 2 Timothy 2.22 says, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And I'm here to declare to you today, the tomb is empty. Death is defeated. The past is behind us. So shake off whatever has bound you. Embrace the way maker and follow him into new life. Jesus said in John 1:43, come, follow me. And that's the call to everyone on this Easter day. Maybe you're here today and you're bound by sin or temptation. But if you will get up and follow Jesus, he will come into your life with resurrection power. Jesus did not leave you to die in your sin. He died so that resurrection power could lift you and break every bondage and shackle in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with bitterness or resentment and unforgiveness. You've been mistreated and you can't seem to let it go. But resurrection power is coming into your heart today and sending grace and love to fill your soul. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is in trouble. You've struggled for years and things never seem to change. But I declare resurrection power is coming into your marriage today. The love you had on your honeymoon is being born again in your life. The stone of hatred is being rolled away and love 
is coming forth. Maybe you're here today and your dreams have died. You're so discouraged. You had plans for your life and you knew where you were going and you worked hard to get there. But one setback after another left you downcast and discouraged and you feel like your whole life is shut up in a dark, deadly tomb. But I'm here to declare to you today, resurrection power is coming into your dreams. Resurrection is power is coming to make your destiny come to pass. Jesus didn't die so that you could live an ordinary life. He didn't rise from the dead so you could go on without hope. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is coming to you today. The resurrection power of Jesus is lifting you and filling you. So open your heart and receive him. Just lift up your hand and say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. Show me the way out. Set me free by the power of your love. I will live in resurrection power. And I thank you now by faith in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every one watching and listening today. I ask that your resurrection power will be loosed and released upon every heart, upon every soul, upon every body right now. Let there be healing. Let there be life transformation. Let there be dreams restored and destinies fulfilled. Let there be deliverance from bondage and purification from sin. Let your resurrection power fill us. The stone is rolled away. We see we believe, we receive, we follow you, Lord Jesus, and we ask you to take us into a higher level of your grace and your glory this Easter, for you are our way maker, and we give you the praise, and we give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.